0: Welcome to Mastering Data, where we sit down with inspirational leaders in data and IT to hear their interesting career journeys and lessons learned. Each episode is packed with valuable insights and tips for those looking to excel in the world of data. So, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned professional, join us and get ready to take your data skills to the next level.
1: Welcome to the Mastering Data Podcast, the show where we explore the stories and experiences of extraordinary individuals making a significant impact in the data and analytics field. I'm not your usual host, as you can probably tell, Adam Morton. Rather, I'm Aaron Evans, founder and CEO of Intelligent Group. I'm the lucky one filling in for Adam today. And today we have the pleasure of sitting down with Ram Radhakrishnan. Now, Ram joins us with over two decades of experience in the data and analytics field and is currently serving as Director of Advanced Analytics for WIC, which is a collaboration subset of Quantium and the Woolworths Group. Ram has an impressive track record in roles ranging from General Manager of Customer Analytics, AI and Data Science to Head of Analytics, Loyalty and Customer Data. Ram is a thought leader transforming businesses through innovative solutions in customer analytics AI, and data science. Known for his ability to deconstruct complex problems, identify direct relevance to the business, and develop creative solutions, Ram is a driving force behind many of the consumer-focused analytics solutions that have gained global attention at Woolies X and the broader Woolworths Group over the last number of years. So many incredible accolades and incredible career trajectory, Ram. I can't wait to get into it. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, and Thanks for having me. Really looking forward to the chat today.
1: So as we do always on the Mastering Data podcast, I want to start at the beginning, give uh, our listeners just a little bit of context and background. So let's start with that. Let's talk about how and when you fell in love with data, assuming you are still in love with data, <laughs> and when uh, and how you landed in Australia. Let's talk about the beginning.
0: My journey with data started back in uh, 2003, 2005. I did my master's actually from Australia in information technology. then. Flew back to India and decided to kind of start my career there. My first job was with G Plastics, Mm -hmm. where I was responsible for building a data warehouse for them. And you wouldn't believe back then data warehouse was (laughs) the next big thing.
1: Of course. This was circa, what year would we say?
0: 2005, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So just like close to two decades ago.
1: Early iterations of the data warehouse.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I know we are talking a lot about generative AI today. <laughs> <laughs> back then it was about data warehousing and how do we kind of manage large amount of data. And, and large be able would have been a very to... different
1: large back in the <laughs> yeah, day. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. But also how do we... Kind of make um, meaningful insights out of that large amount of data. Back then, data warehousing and BI was really kind of hot, kind of streams to be in. And I was very fortunate that I got my first role in a global company where I got a lot of exposure to a great set of leaders and also some amazing technologies to learn from.
1: What were you working on at that point? At that point in time,
0: I don't know if you know, it was called Business Objects.
1: Oh, I remember Business Objects. Uh, and well. then it got acquired
0: <laughs> by SAP right. at some point in time. They
1: were all the rage back in the early 2000s.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think there was a cloud computing no. at that point in time. So, yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, yeah, that shows I've been in the game far too long. Yeah, we won't, we won't talk about that <laughs> in
1: computer age. We won't do that. Yeah. You're not a day first 20, right? Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. And, I also had a couple of gigs in U.S. through some of the work that I did. I worked for Verizon as a client, also another bank in U.S., again, building solutions. Moved to Oracle, Oracle Data Warehousing, and BI was my specialization back then.
1: And OBIEE had a very yeah. prominent time yeah. in that time, didn't it? Yeah. It was very much the hot new tech in those years.
0: OBIE is what I got me to Australia again in twenty ten through Analytics Aid.
1: Yeah. Consulting. Um, so you came yes. across the pond and they sponsored you?
0: Yes, they did. Yeah. And it was in twenty ten. That's where I started my journey again with Analytics Aid within Australia. So I worked with them for about five years, worked for a number of different clients. I know that you and me go along my back. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I remember uh, that, that time. Yeah. And and there were a number of different opportunities i know we work together but gave me a great grounding experience and mm. specifically local experience because i kind of worked for different financial institutions like cba westpac also worked for retailers like bernard ricard did some work for higher education industry back then a lot of work a very type of work what i like about consulting is it does give you a 360 kind of experience. I had the opportunity to lead teams and be the person uh, responsible for managing certain accounts, mm-hmm. managing stakeholders.
1: Can you join some pre-sales in there as well? Weren't you?
0: Yeah, kind of. When you're in a consulting firm, and if it is, let's say, a small-scale one, you kind of are responsible for a lot of different things. Totally. Uh, you're not just responsible for delivery, but it's also about continuation of work with the existing client and yep. you know it's about that repeated work how do you continue to stand out perform really well
1: 5 years in a mid tier let's say consulting yeah. firm it's pretty good good going pretty good innings because it is a pretty tireless pretty full on industry not to mention you know the delivery but of course the client engagement and the future projection of work and talking through sort of the sales life cycle as well and you you really did Uh, thrive in that environment from what I observed at the time, and obviously staying there for five years, you no doubt took a lot of key learnings from that role.
0: Yeah. Like I said earlier, it gives an opportunity to work on different kinds of work. At times you are the person uh, or you are the only person in a project Mm. where you're contributing or where you are a sole contributor. Yeah. um delivering the outcomes uh, that is expected uh, there are times where you are leading a small team and kind of responsible for delivering a program of work and responsible for managing stakeholders and also i spoke to you about that repeatable business mm-hmm. or you know how do we kind of continue to establish the value that yeah. we are providing and then ability to Kind of learn from that experience and try and share that broadly with the team and and also potentially with other clients. So yeah, of course, a lot of learnings, a lot of different tools. Yeah, you uh, did
1: yeah. work across a number of different tech stacks, didn't you, during that period of time?
0: Correct, I learned a fair bit of. Uh, data warehousing skills. And obviously, we mentioned about Oracle BI. There are also other ETL tools that I might have played around with.
1: A nice way to, though, have a bit of a taste test for so much in the market, not only industry, clients, you know, you you kind of were able to put your hand to a number of different things that perhaps you hadn't had a chance to before. And what a great foray into the Australian market. So let's kind of forward our way from analytics, sorry, to Course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think back in 2015, I, I was looking for a change because, like you said, I've done five years of consulting. Yes. Um, I wanted to experience the other side of the fence. There came along the opportunity at Woolworths to lead a new space in the loyalty world within the Woolworths group. I think it was definitely a defining moment in my career because. Woolworths was going through a period of change as Woolworths was exiting masters and also we had a new leader come along and and those were early days of the turnaround. Yeah, Um, because
1: X wasn't a thing at that point? No, it wasn't. So
0: I joined the loyalty stream of work and was responsible for building a capability in BI and more analytics because even analytics was kind of new Mm -hmm. at that point in time. So we started off uh, building the foundational capabilities within Woolworths for the loyalty space and then uh, slowly progressed towards analytics and insights from Mm -hmm. there. I think after a couple of years, I think we formed Woolies X. Can you just Um, give the
1: listeners a little bit of an insight if they've not been familiar with Woolies X and the purpose of that formation and what that was serving at the time and certainly now?
0: Woolies X was formed to bring the data and digital capabilities together back in Woolworths. Um, it's amazing that um, our leaders in Woolworths had the foresight that there would be a tremendous amount of growth in digital um, back then.
1: Yeah, that was and early. That was a bit ahead of the curve, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm. And setting the foundations at that point in time has been a major factor for a success now or you know the growth that we have seen Mm -hmm. and who would have expected covid to come and totally kind of accelerated that space beyond imagination i would say so i think it was again another game-changing moment wherein i got the opportunity to build the data science capability from ground up and it's been an amazing story for me personally um in building this team, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where we are today. Uh, but it's been a journey where we have learned, you know, we failed, we we learned from it. And then we continue to build on top of those or in spite of challenges, I have to say. It gave an amazing opportunity for me personally to expand my career mm-hmm. um, and growth. And now we have one of the biggest or probably the biggest data science and Machine learning engineering practices in Australia. So,
1: oh, look, it's it's an
0: amazing journey.
1: It's a journey that has really uh set the standard for a number of not only retail organizations, but any customer facing, uh, which is, you know, let's be honest, most to be looking at the journey that the Woolies X and Woolworths brand have undergone, you know, certainly led by yourself. And I know you'd never say that, but, you know, I think you are one of the key components of why that was so successful. And is it fair to say that that period of time, was a bit of silver lining to that in that it accelerated some of the work you guys are now the beneficiaries of, let's say, in terms of the work you did around data engineering, data science, and what really catapulted you into a world of understanding the art of the possible, right? What can we achieve here? How can we get incredible insights on who we're serving and how can we serve them the most important and relevant information at incredible speed?
0: We are definitely one of the pioneers when it comes to data science and machine learning space. I think everything that we kind of did at that point in time was hugely beneficial because there's no way in the world that we could have managed to continue to serve our customers the way we did if Mm -hmm. we did not have these capabilities. I would say that it really helped us to further strengthen our position in this space.
1: I think it's no secret, you know, when you say further strengthen our position in this space, you guys have well and truly proven the exponential sort of gains that you have sort of achieved over the past number of years, particularly in the data science, machine learning. But when we start talking about customer-oriented data, and that stems from a lot of data from the loyalty program, the have Dave Awards program, of course. Now, data isn't just coming from there, but it certainly gives you a huge advantage in that you understand customer movements and things like share of wallet and all of the bigger picture things. And I suppose that's the segue for me to talk about where we're at now. Now, you've been at Woolworths for eight years, so there's a lot to, to unpack, <laughs> <laughs> of course, during that journey but where are you at right now and and how has your role evolved and changed i think there's so much discussion about gen ai and how are we using it and machine learning and your role now gets to play in that space which is really cool would love to unpack that a little bit Talk yeah
0: to me. i'm part of the week team and week was founded more than a couple of years ago now we are into the third year
1: and that's about um, wiq
0: correct yes and it's bringing the best of both Quantium and Woolworths group in the data science and analytics space. So and for listeners that
1: don't know, just from a Quantium perspective, Quantium is part of the Woolworths group in, in a specific share component, but they also operate as an independent data and analytics and machine learning data science consulting firm. So they have some very strong talent as well, combining those two teams to create WIC. I would imagine a total powerhouse.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. So we solve some of the most complex advanced analytics challenges or problems across the Woolworths group. It's definitely an exciting space to be in. And within that space, I'm responsible for delivering advanced analytics solutions for our customers, more so in the Woolies X space. So I continue to partner with Woolies X and continue to solve some interesting Problems that we face, or interesting challenges, should I say? We are now a larger team of data yes, scientists. as if you need it and, anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Data scientists and analytics, and also engineers in our team. I know that generative AI is the new buzzword, <laughs> and something that we've been working in Woolworths Group for the last few months and. Again, it's a new space. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of test and learning happening at the moment. And we are looking at how best to get our people killed up in this new mm-hmm. technology, as any new technology would be the case. So
1: yeah, of course.
0: our teams are really interested in learning this new space and also working on some interesting... Top secret use projects is what you're about to say. And I'm
1: going to say, oh, please tell me, what are they? Uh, <laughs> Which, of course, I'm not going to. Yeah. But a day in the life of your new role. What is the mandate? Of course, having a title that sits AIML in the actual title right now. I mean, we're, we're talking less than a year that ChatGPT was released to the world. So what does it look like? What does that role look like now?
0: It's a tough one to describe. What does a typical day in a life look like? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah
1: I've thrown that at you. Sorry, <laughs> you know that's all
0: right. I th- I think my role is kind of pretty varied. Uh, in the sense, I I'm responsible for one uh, building the capabilities within the team, but also delivering solutions for our partners or you know customers.
1: And who are those customers? Are internally facing within the Woolworths Group, or are they partner vendor partners?
0: Oh, not necessarily vendor partners. I mean, when I say partners, we work in partnership with different business units within Woolworths Perfect. Group. So Just wanting to
1: provide some context around what that looks like yeah, for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and when I say it, we work in partnerships, right, and Woolworths is a complex metrics organization where there are a number of different horizontals and verticals, right? And when I say partnership, it's between those different business units. And yeah. so for me, my role, like I said earlier, it's about building capabilities within the team space, but also a lot of thought leadership, providing uh, partnering with my clients to solve some of the most interesting, complex challenges. And that gives me a lot of joy. I love problem solving, and especially in the data analytics space. How do you use data analytics to tell a story? That's something that I really enjoy, but then also makes meaningful decisions based out of it. So how can I help my business partners in achieving their goals on a day-to-day basis? And there are a number of them that I have. Yeah, I'm sure your phone
1: rings off the hook most definitely. What can we do? How can we do it? These are the challenges.
0: Yeah, and look, I have a number of different team members who help me in the journey as well. It would be totally inappropriate to say all of this is just me. Uh, I do value a lot of how my team kind of helps in solving a lot of these problems and challenges and scaling up as well at the same time. So really, really kind of proud of that. And I love spending time with my team going deeper I'd love to go deeper in yeah. a lot of different areas, but unfortunately, that may not be possible every day. There are times many, when Many I,
1: challenges to solve for then, right?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, and there are times when I block my diaries and get under the hood, like actually going back to the basics, going back to the teams and trying to understand what's happening under the hood. Like sometimes you need to have those sessions. You have to make time for yourself. Otherwise, it's very hard.
1: Well, and it's brilliant segue because it's for me looking at and watching the journey that you've had and seeing how many multiple points of accountability that you have had and and they're shifting consistently. And I guess the question for you is just around prioritization and understanding how to identify what is the biggest or highest use value of your time. And it's something I spend a lot of time thinking about because it's so easy to get pulled from pillar to post and achieve nothing other than being very busy. So how do you identify that?
0: It's about where can you be impactful? Where do you think you would be able to make the biggest difference being there and c- contributing uh, mm-hmm. most importantly? So for me, that's kind of helps in mm-hmm. prioritizing where I need to be and what I need to be doing. But also it's about effective delegation. Don't try and do everything all by yourself.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a hard It's one. very
0: hard. It's very hard. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, it's important to remind yourself that there's only one of yourself, so you can't be. Are everywhere. you guys working
1: on cloning? <laughs> 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 Surely you no, have wish, the human I power wish to do bad. that. <laughs> I wish Let bad, me but, know. But, Let me know when you do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but not really, but I think and over time you learn this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not something that comes. It did not come naturally to me. It, I mean, as you grow in the organization and as your responsibilities widen. It's more about how you kind of set your goals and objectives mm. and, and how do you spend the time that is required to achieve those goals and objectives. So,
1: I'd imagine there's a bit of discipline applied to that as well, right? You know, it's all good and well to have these ideas and plans and thoughts and, you know, be very organized with your time. Having that other lens of discipline applied is a whole other sort of skill set From your perspective, what do you do to maintain that discipline and that sort of clarity of purpose? Because naturally, everything can start feeling really important really quick.
0: I think the purpose and the why is very important in anything and everything that you do. And it's not just for yourself, it's for your team as well, so that they know what they're working towards and why they're working towards a particular problem that they're trying to solve. So for me, it's about understanding the why and the purpose of the different things in front of me and then be able to spend the time to solve for some of them, not not all of them, maybe delegate some of them and still be a point of just be doing some oversight if needed. There are ones where you just have to be able to say no. sometimes that's a hard one. Saying
1: no, it is. It's really hard. What do you think are the components that make saying no hard? Like, why is it hard? We all struggle with it.
0: I think it depends on individuals and each individual is different. And for me personally, I would like to help people I come in from a place of gratitude. And when you come from that place, it's very hard to say no. And you would find ways to help people, right? And sometimes there is only like i said before there's only one of yourself or even from your team you got to also think about the best interests of your team and i myself and you know, have been victim of this in the past where overwork you tend to mm-hmm. um, do Overcommit. that over prolonged <laughs> periods of time yeah. and then find yourself in a very difficult situation where you would need a more of a lengthy break to recover. So yeah, so how burnout, do you, burnout, yeah. especially
1: in the the level that you are at, it, it, that is absolutely a thing. And discipline yeah. applied to manage your own energy, manage how much you're giving, how much you're committing, what the outcomes are. You know, I think we all talk about this marathon versus a sprint mentality. And you know, I know you're athletically involved and inclined, and you you put a, a focus on doing the the physical component. Well, how would you Recommend someone who maybe isn't used to saying no, how would you recommend they get into the rhythm of that and acknowledge their own ability to run that marathon?
0: I think it's important to create headspace for yourself during the week. And it can be the start of the week or middle of the week or end of the week, whatever works for you. But it's important that you create some headspace so that you're able to plan, prioritize, mm. and then have a clear kind of an objective on the things that you want to achieve. And this could be short-term goals and long-term goals. And
1: get that dopamine hit when you do that. yeah. uh, Yeah, the achievement of those specific things throughout the week then does allow you to kind of go, yeah, okay, I'm doing something here. I'm not just spinning my tires. When do you usually plan and prioritize? Is it early week? Is it, I mean, a lot of exec level do it on Sunday. What is your sort of rhythm?
0: I usually tend to do it Early in the week. Usually Mm -hmm. it's early on a Monday morning because it just helps me to plan for the rest of the week. But I'm sure I would have done some planning for Monday and Tuesday. (laughs) It's not like I'm planning for a Monday and Tuesday on a Monday morning, but usually... It's a good week or fortnight. I know what's coming up um, and what are the things that I should be working on or working with my team.
1: And do you help your team prioritize as well? Like, are you sort of in that, obviously that, that realignment role where it's kind of going, okay, that's actually not important because again, it's so easy for teams to kind of get down the garden path with something and going, okay, actually, is that aligned to the broader vision, whether it be our team vision, our company vision, is that part of your role in this uh, yeah, iteration. absolutely.
0: I think I think that should be a role of every line manager. Yeah. I think right. it's not just about, you know, me as an individual or a leader. I think everyone should, and I think anyone managing a team should be doing it.
1: So in your day job, you're incredibly busy. Your calendar is back to back. Of course, we are all busy. How do you manage all of the functions? You're a, You're a holistic human. Now, this question is usually reserved for when there are women sitting in this office and this uh, studio. I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about that, as I'm sure you can imagine. The women always get asked, how do you do it all? How are you a parent, a mother? How are you in an executive level job? How are you a wife? So I'm going to flip that script. And I know you're an involved father, an involved husband. Talk to me about how you balance it all, because we are holistic humans. And I think we post COVID now know that a little bit more. So I'm going to ask a male in this room that question how do you do it all how do you balance it
0: first of all i have an incredible family to thank for my partner does an amazing job in helping me to be what i am today and and i believe i do the same for her as well and we've got two lovely children and i definitely try and make time with them during weekends for sure because that is the time I want to be fully present with them because it does get difficult during the weeks and 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 when I say during the weeks definitely the most of the working times and we have a lots of distractions mm-hmm. these days with uh you've got work emails on phone or you know work calls even after work hours so mm-hmm. something that I'm trying to be mindful about like how can I be meaningfully present uh, Mm. or mindfully be there. And amongst with my family and kids, COVID has opened up a new lifestyle, uh, yeah. and I'm sure it's not just me; it's uh, many people around the globe. And mm.
1: from a uh, flexibility perspective, correct. is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. So,
0: so it does allow me to kind of work from home and work from office. It allows me to drop my kids at school, for example,
1: which before COVID was a very tricky thing to navigate. And I often I didn't have young children prior to COVID, now I have two young children. And I constantly think, how were parents doing this before this new flexible world um, came into play? I mean, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, I cannot imagine myself doing it. For example, I never never worked from home Mm -hmm. prior to COVID and I didn't have a... Home office concept. I remember kind of working all long hours, Mm. I should say, and and I used to go to work every day. So it's quite different. So we are fortunate to be in this position and also fortunate to work for an organization who are very supportive
1: of a hybrid
0: working environment. And a lot of our team members work in a hybrid setup. So I think that does help Mm -hmm. uh, in a big way. I'm continuously learning as to how I can be more present.
1: Again, it's discipline, isn't it? And it's that self-awareness around am I being present or am I saying I would like to be present? And I think there's a differentiator there. And you know, I know we've had conversations before about leadership and self-awareness and how important doing the things we say we're going to do and being aware of how we're showing up. In terms of your team, I know we've talked quite a lot about self-awareness. How do you help them along their journey. I know there's kind of a a component for empowerment around your leadership style. Love to hear a little bit about that.
0: I love leading from behind rather than leading from front because I do believe in providing the opportunity and headspace for my team members to solve for challenges. I'm always there for guiding them. I'm always there as a sounding board. There are times where we kind of work together if, you know, their need arises. But I'm one of those leaders who kind of allow my team the headspace and the time to solve for challenges. And I, I really believe in that. It's about genuinely understanding what they want to achieve, what they want to Become through their goals and objectives and all of that. So, for me, I've had uh, teams who or team members who've been with uh, with me for a quite a long time and seen them grow a mm. lot. Yeah, and that gives me a lot of satisfaction. This is going back to the why, yeah, and and the purpose. And you know, when a leader has that clarity, you tend to perform at an exceedingly high level. And for me it's about the impacts that I'm able to make or the difference I'm able to make in the lives of my team members and also, you know, delivering value to our customers and partnering with some of the key stakeholders across the business uh, to, again, you know, achieve their goals and objectives. So I think th- those those things really excite me. Mm, uh, and, tell. and something that I enjoy doing very much.
1: Well, and I mean, you've certainly been successful in growing some incredibly large teams having multi-tier sort of reporting structures and everyone who I've ever come into contact who has you know spoken about you has always talked about that and your ability to lean in as a leader and certainly your advocacy and I think it's so important you know as people climb the ladder in any organization that there's a advocacy and there's that championship leadership, where you're pulling people along beneath you, as others I know you know, have done for you as well. And I think it's um, very much in practice and in demonstration from everything I've observed and certainly from the broader community who, who speak about you. You have been incredible successfully uh, across a number of different iterations, incredibly successful. You've had multiple roles at Woolworths. Can you identify one or two key components that has made you the success story within the Woolworths Group and beyond, what are those things, what are those attributes that you feel have catapulted your career success?
0: One or two. That's a. Mm, um, I know,
1: I'm yeah. making it really difficult at the end here.
0: No, it's all right. I, I think, um, <laughs> first of all, it's about the ability that I see to solve problems. And I did mention earlier about Something that I really love to do. And I come from a very good place, from a place of gratitude and, and want to help people. Mm. And and for me, it's about that partnering with leaders across the Woolworths Group to solve for many different challenges. And I think the ways of working has helped a long way. The building the trust, that implicit trust helps building connections. I think over a period of time, I've been able to deliver some amazing solutions with with the help of my team there's definitely another value that i want to talk about is humility and it's the right place to now acknowledge that i've had some amazing leaders amazing kind of human beings or who have guided me uh, along my journey got incredible mentors in the woolworths group something that i also embrace vulnerability because it's important for you as a leader to admit at times that you do not know the answer. And there's no ego in me to admit that if I don't know an answer, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. It's seek- a hard one for
1: a lot of people. Yeah. That vulnerability and that sort of taking responsibility.
0: Yeah, and and for me, the seeking help is something that I'm very open and transparent about. It could be with my peers, it could be with my team members. At the end of the day, the goal is. The same, you know, we are, what am I delivering for the group, which is Woolworths Group, and what is the value that we are able to provide through that? So I think that definitely has helped me grow in the business. The other one, and this is something that I learned very young in my career, and someone said this to me, and it it kind of resonated with me so much that I always put that in practice, Do not be indispensable because you'll never be promoted. I kind of follow that.
1: What a powerful statement. I mean, speaking to building those beneath you, you know, encouraging people up the ladder, bringing people on the journey. There's so many beautiful benefits really to that, isn't there?
0: Yeah. And it's important to build the right environment, the right settings, culture around you to be able to thrive as well.
1: Yes. Um,
0: and Nothing think, great
1: is ever achieved without that team. Exactly. I mean, yeah. and,
0: and I've been able to do that for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and, and I'm incredibly proud of, of that achievement.
1: As you should be as yeah. you should be. And yeah. you've, you've worked hard. I think there's good old fashioned grit and incredible tenacity and, you know, you don't give up. And I've watched that um, from a third party perspective. Uh, so everything you've said certainly rings true. Ram, you've been a fantastic guest and it's just been so fascinating to hear about your journey and get your thoughts and advice across so many different topics and all sort of pieces that intersect the world of data. Now, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball uh, outside of what Adam would usually wrap up with. I'm going to do this the Aaron way. Uh, so I want to ask you for one word that you might use to orient yourself uh, for the t- next 12 months. Someone asked me this actually on a podcast that I was on, and I loved it. It forced me to really think about summarizing what's ahead for me. So I'll ask you the same. What one word would you say encapsulates your North Star, let's call it, for the next 12 months?
0: It's a tough one. Uh, or <laughs> one word, uh, I would still say growth as a okay. one word. Awesome. Uh, I know it's not a not Star, but it can be. maybe this is my last message oh. in this podcast. It's about learning and it's about growing. And it could be as simple as every day you leave the house, you go out of uh, the door. What is that? One thing that you learned when you came back, what is that one thing that made you better is something that we all can work towards. And that could be related to work, that could be related to non-work. It Mm -hmm. could be personal, it could be professional. So for me, the next 12 months is a lot of learning, a lot of growing, both in my personal and professional world. And I'm so looking forward to it. It is really Exciting times at work. Uh, some lot of interesting projects. The secret projects that you yes, said. the top that, secret,
1: super secret projects
0: that we are working on. Yeah. And um, you know, I can't wait to see some of the results. Lots of fun times I had with the family as well. So
1: I think it's brilliant, and I think no secret, there are a lot of people right now going through some pretty hard times, and you know, it can be very relentless, feeling like let's say you're not winning or you're struggling and you're up against something. But if you're looking at the world through a lens of growth and growth mindedness, you can pretty much notch up those wins day after day after day going, yeah, everything's hard, but I have learned this. I have won in this way. What a wonderful sort of growth minded way to look at the world. What a positive spin to put on things and what a purpose led way of operating. So I love growth as a North Star. I think it definitely is a North Star. Rem, we are going to wrap it there. I am so deeply grateful for your time. Thank you for joining us on the Mastering Data podcast. It's been such a pleasure to have you.
0: No, thank you, Erin. It was wonderful being here today and uh, having uh, a discussion on lots of different things. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mastering Data. Hit follow to get future episodes packed with valuable insights and tips for those looking to excel in the world of data. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave a review to help others find the podcast.